Hello there, and welcome to Film Raw here at Bunkerzilla UK. It's the place where we digest the latest movie releases across the cinematic spectrum. I am your host, as always, Ian Bolton, and joining me through the power of internet technology is my cinematic partner in crime. It is, of course, Christian R. Allen. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? I'm very good. With internet technology, I thought it was some kind of obligatory witchcraft that was summoning my image today. Well, it, we are in the season of Halloween, so it could be around yeah. that way. <laughs> I, I do love the way. Has, has October always been the season of Halloween? This feels like a recent development amongst sort of the uh, the more party-minded friends of ours. Well, I mean, a lot of cinemas, some of the cinemas that are still open at the moment, they're doing their big Halloween push now, so you can see things like The Shining, Scream. Oh, uh, i The Shining the and the big screen. Yeah. So yeah. So some cinemas are using the using the spare spaces they've got now to to put out those uh, Halloween films, and yeah, just a lot of stuff seems to be released on uh, Amazon Prime, for example. I mean, they're doing the whole sort of Welcome to Bloomhouse thing at the moment. So a lot of uh, a lot of brand new mini horror movies as well, as well as some uh, classics as well available there with the Amazon Prime thing. But uh, yeah, it just seems to be getting more spookier and spookier, I suppose. <laughs> All the way until till we get to November the first, and it's the beginning of Christmas season, obviously. Oh, no, you've got five days of fireworks. So that's the period where we talk about these vendetta. And, <laughs> and then after the 5th of November, we move on to Christmas. <laughs> so it goes Jack Skeleton, V, and I don't know, that old guy with the beard from Miracle and 34th Street. Can't remember his name. Santa Claus or Richard Attenborough. One of the one two. One of them. One of the two. One of them. One I, prefer, of the two. I, I prefer the original. Okay, fair enough. Uh, anyway. We are going to start this little video with a film or update. We will be talking about Akira 4K very, very shortly. But um, I think it's it, it's uh, it's something we want to do first. Obviously, we want to talk to you about the current state of the show because we've been trying different things over the last couple of months. So obviously, we've had a few live streams on Twitch. Uh, we've had the podcast. And um, when we feel like we've, we're starting to make steps forward in the cinema world, Everything starts going backwards, unfortunately, due to COVID. Um, it's still an issue. And now there is very little cinema releases out there uh, landed in cinema screens. So it's, we, we've had a chat about what would be the best route forward. And obviously, the temporary cinema closures for, thing, for places like Cineworld, the part-time closures for Odin and View. So with that in mind, we are returning to our previous formula of looking at various releases across digital platforms, physical releases, and the occasional cinema release, because Akira, which we will be talking about in a few moments' time, has been released in cinemas. So it's kind of business as usual with a slight detour back to Netflix and Amazon. I mean, a couple of the films we've got coming up over the next couple of weeks they are, we have a few Netflix ones. We've got Trial of the Chicago 7 coming up. We've got the remake of Rebecca. Amazon have got Borat 2 as well. So we'll be doing bite-sized reviews weekly. So basically, you'll be able to pick the reviews you want to hear from us. And you can still digest the shows on podcasts. We'll still release these as audio podcasts as well. They'll be on places as usual, Spotify, Apple, and now Amazon Podcasts as well. And um, what we will do at the end of the month as well is we'll do an audio podcast special called Our Cinematic Month because um, it's one of our favorite parts of the show. We both enjoy talking about our, our weekly viewings, but um, the random last, films, the random films. Um, but the the sheer scale of how much we talk about the films came into effect when we were kind of editing the Bill and Ted episode, where we may have gone on for about an hour. <laughs> <Are> we, <laughs> Which is 
It's nice, but we're just, we are just skipping through. We could talk about more films. I mean, yeah, I, I, I end up on average watching about 10 movies a week. Yeah. Um, I've, had, I've had some close friends who listen to this podcast, some of you're acquainted with as well, and just mm. said, like, how? How do, you, how do you watch so many movies? And I have to explain that You've, me and my fiancé have no life outside of, uh, you know, watching films. Mm. <laughs> we, we don't socialise with anyone else, don't sleep, don't eat. Just consume media. Consume media. Only consume media. Well, we do digest movies here on Film Raw, and that's what we are going to do for the foreseeable future. So, end of the month. Nutritious movies. Nutritious movies. End of the month, there will be our Cinematic Month podcast where we will cover any and all films in there. So, (laughs) what you're trying to say is we'll, we'll chat shit. We'll chat movies, but we'll chat movie shit. So, so if you if you like if you like just general happy sprawling <laughs> conversations about movies, please download our cinematic month. It will be a great show. Um, so yes, it's just our way of providing the content you want and giving you all the different ways of how you can digest it as well. So, with that in mind, let's move straight on to a review. <laughs> Okay, so for this video, we are talking about Akira. For UK audiences, Manga UK have recently re-released this 1988 cyberpunk tale into cinemas with a brand new 4K print and, for select venues, IMAX formats as well. Uh, Directed by Kashiro Otomo and based on the manga he created, Akira tells the story of biker gang leader Canada who tries to help his friend Tetsuro when he starts to develop dangerous psychic powers. With Tetsuro's powers growing, the military keen to experiment with him, and an uprising possibly brewing in the city, there's a very slight possibility that Neo-Tokyo is about to explode. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm using the marketing jargon. Slight, just slight. 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 It's on the posters, it's on the manga trailer for it. Um, so, for the purposes of this review, we watched the film in IMAX, and I think we have both previously watched Akira beforehand. I, I've seen this hundreds of times. I think it's, it's a rites of passage movie for anime fans. Yeah. O, o, what are we called? Weebs, Otaku, one of the two. I can't remember. Or just common nerds, I suppose. <laughs> standard. <laughs> I'm just thinking of IT crowd. Standard nerds. That yep. sort of way. Um, I mean, this film has been re-released in every format imaginable. It's been out on VHS. Uh, it had a very high-profile re-release on DVD. Uh, I think back. I think late 2001. Yeah, around 2001. Yeah. Yeah, Pioneer, I believe Pioneer, who were licensing at the time in America, they spent over several million dollars sort of cleaning up the prints, getting a brand new dub in for the English audiences as well, and and seriously pushing this release. Uh, And then obviously it's come to Blu-ray as well. So this is like the latest of many, many releases of Akira. Um, When when, when we'll be reviewing the Laserdisc version. Well. Or the Mind Hologram in 20 years' time, we're like... (laughs) Well, first we need to find. Uh, no, no, we need to. We haven't had the 3D version yet. <laughs> 
Oh God. So someone's probably thought, hey, Akira could come out in 3D. No, no, don't, no, 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 don't push it. Don't push it. It's fine. It's fine as it is in a nice big cinematic format. Um, so yeah, I think I think the positives we should get probably the the main the main crux of this re-release out of the way. Um the presentation on IMAX is um was brilliant, to be mm. perfectly honest. It was lovely. I think the sound mix is amazing. Well, um, I, I was quite exhausted the day we watched it because it was yeah. my first day of my new job. And I sat down and I thought, oh no, I don't want to fall asleep. I've, I've spent 16 quid on this ticket. I don't want to fall asleep. Boom. Nope. Yep, <laughs> there, go, first... there goes Tokyo. I'm awake. Hello. <laughs> but I, I um, do need a powerful sound system in my flat. I just, uh... Yeah, an IMAX studio equivalent. Uh... Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if you know Akira, you you know of the story as it is, and obviously we're watching it because we've seen the film before. We we are interested in the cyberpunk tale. Um, visually, it's still quite an incredible achievement of two D cell animation. It has some really great impactful sequences, like there's this, this opening bike chase between Canada's gang and the clown gang. Uh, there's also things like Tetsuo's sort of nightmarish visions. So when he starts to develop these psychic powers after coming into contact with this sort of gifted child, he's seeing, he's starting to see very shocking, very violent, very disturbing imagery. And that is still, and that is sort of put across in the animation as well. Um, and yeah, there's great set pieces as well. Military showdowns, the Olympic stadium finale. Um, it's, it's basically it is a true testament to what the Japanese animation art form was capable of at the time. Um, mm. And it's a box ticker. You've got your sci-fi, you've got your explosions, you've got your violence, etc. And without it, a lot of the, the big anime titles that we have today would not have been, would probably not no. have existed. No, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, the importance of this film in terms of like Japanese animation cannot under, be underestimated, mainly for the impact it had in the West. I think it was quite a shock to Western audiences to see a film like this because there's, there's been adult animation in the West before. Um, oh, they, yeah. tend, they, they tend, to, but they tend to be more like, um, like sex comedies, like Fritz the Cat springs to mind, or mm. we could even push it like Yellow Submarine is with the psychedelics, even though that was kind of a family adventure. Um, this, this is truly a, this is a adult film. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> exclamation mark. Um, some of the themes, even every time I've watched it, and again, I've watched it so many times, you'd think I'd be, I'd be um, sort of desensitized to the violence, but there are moments where I still find it quite disturbing, especially yeah. when um, Tetsuru's, his uh, psychic rage starts which again, the animation for those sequences are incredible. I mean, in terms of animation quality, I, the only other animes I can think of that that sort of reach these heights are probably, I'd say, the uh, Ghost in the Shell, the original, um, yep. and maybe a few Ghibli's. Uh, Princess Mononoke springs um, uh, springs to mind. Um, but yeah, the, the the best thing about watching this in IMAX is on DVD and Blu-ray. I've always appreciated the way in which Neo Tokyo is itself a character and the way they, there's far, I don't, I can't recall another animated feature Western or Eastern that put so much detail into the geography and it's seeing an IMAX. I was just, just looking around up and down, just like I hadn't noticed that building before. I hadn't seen that detail. I mean, this is, this is it, the level of detail is insane for what is often only a few frames of footage you're seeing. 
But it, it, the whole point is that the overpowering has an effect on you. I mean, it, it just completely draws you in. And it is so nice seeing it on an IMAX screen. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't made for IMAX, but just, just the sheer scale of the, the whole. Um, it really, I mean, it really, truly makes the film feel like an epic. I mean, mm. it already is. I mean, it's, have, you, have you seen the manga? Like the, how big the manga is when you put them all together? I have the first volume. Um, I haven't had a chance to properly read it. Um, we we are going to touch a little bit of the manga because it's one of the like possibly the the downsides to the film. But um, we'll get onto that in a little bit. But no, in terms of the manga, I I haven't read it. Oh, the the, the point I was just saying is like that the manga is huge, and so the fact that they made the crazy decision to condense the story into a two hour film. I mean, we can, we can talk about it later if you want. Oh, we can talk about that actually, because because, um, I was speaking to one of our sort of mutual acquaintances, uh, Hugh K. David from Real History UK, Hustlers of Culture and Binges and Box Sets the other day about it. And basically this was, I think this was filmed when they didn't necessarily have the final book written. Yes. And in fact, Uh, interestingly enough, um, um, Otomo was actually, he had to kind of work out the ending as he was produced, as he was producing the film and the the way the film... the way the film story developed, because you could kind of see it as a parallel narrative, kind of like the uh, good example, but the Game of Thrones novels versus yeah. the television series. They kind of they do their own thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so the, the, you have to kind of treat the film slightly separate from the manga, but the film influenced the direction the manga took. So it's, it's oh. yeah, it, it's quite an interesting symbiotic relationship between the two forms. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I've, my my uh, some of my family members who, who've read the, the manga and love it, they complain that there's not enough nuclear explosions in the uh, in the animated version. It's like they're like Tokyo only gets destroyed twice. It's like, be destroyed manga, five it's, times. It's like five or six in the manga. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, how much misery do you want on screen? It, I mean, it's an anime. It, this is an anime. I mean, of course, yeah. it's going to be miserable at times. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the, pro- the problem if, of condensing the plot to such a short amount of time is it does feel as though you are you are having to play catch up constantly, mm. and it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing because it's. I, I didn't. I, I didn't feel as though I was. It's hard to describe. I, I didn't. I don't feel watching Akira that I'm working too hard to keep up the story. Um, but it's probably because j- just with the animation itself, the story is in such a huge scope that I'm just being taken for a ride. And the, the nice yeah. thing I've found over the years is that it has a, it has repeat, it's repeatable viewing because every time I watch it, even last week when I saw it in, in IMAX, there was something new. Like um, I was I was picking up more on the themes of uh, systemic corruption within the sort of the more political aspects, which yeah. I hadn't really taken into account when I watched it for the first time as a 15 year old. Mm. Because um, when you when I was an adolescent, I was clearly more focused on the sort of more obvious science fiction elements of it. But like, um, yeah, rewatching it again, delving into the more the human aspect of the story and the psychology involved, I am, um, yeah, I, I definitely gained something out of it. However, that being said, I can appreciate why a first time viewer might be alienated yeah. because because of all the things I've just said. Yeah, because the, the the big finale in the Olympic Stadium takes them through a complete roller coaster of what's going on. Things are exploding. <laughs> Where are we? Who are we in? I don't know. What's I going mean, on? I mean, it, it jumps between two teen- teenagers having a laser battle to the literal <laughs> tearing of the fabric of reality. 
Pretty like normal in anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like, well, Evangelion had to have some sort of influence somewhere. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, the influence of Akira on, on just the, the, the genre um, is, is obvious. I mean, they, I, I, if I were to write down the list of my 10 favorite anime that weren't Akira, I'd imagine I could find, oh, well, that's clearly inspired by that yeah. or such and such. But not just anime, but video games as well. And just a, a lot a lot of modern cyberpunk definitely owes a considerable debt to this film. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, it's kind of like, a, it's like, it's a mix sort of, it's a mix sort of thing for me. here. It's like, I like the film. I like revisiting the film when it becomes available on a new format. I think the only downside is it's not necessarily the anime I go to grab off a shelf if I'm trying to bring someone new into the genre yeah. um usually it will be something that is being able to be kind of not translated but kind of in its original form is still accessible to western audiences something like cowboy bebop for example because it's like it's it's self-contained a lot of the episodes itself are self-contained or even a studio ghibli film for example so you can i mean a lot of ghibli films are nice and self-contained um and i think I think what the great strength about Akira is it showed that animation definitely was not just for kids because I think a lot of people kind of had to double take because this was a cartoon that was showing biker gangs fighting, uh, thing, buildings being destroyed, people dying and, and all that sort of stuff. And mm. I think, and I think for a good period of time, apart from very small, uh, animated films in the West, uh, basically if it's animated, it's for kids. Hmm. It's closed. You you can't. You did not have a. You did not have a footing elsewhere, really, to kind of which, offer which is, a different which form. Is, which is strange because science fiction itself lends it to anim- the animated um, medium, yeah. and you know, I associate science fiction with adult content. Every of my favourite science fiction novels, I would not give to a child, um, with the exception of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But um, <laughs> that's a. Uh, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> Slightly, uh, not quite the same level as um, something like I don't know Alfred Bester or um, you know or you know, Arthur C. Clarke that kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So, or, or like more Eastern science fiction. I mean, yeah, it's 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 interesting because yeah, in the West we've definitely had an attitude that cartoons are for kids, while in Japan obviously that's not been the case at all. Yeah, and um, it's I I agree I. I would hesitate to show Akira as an introduction to, I would probably pick something like Spirited Away um, mm. or another Ghibli, like another Miyazaki, maybe like My Neighbor Totoro or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Akira, I actually, um, I, it's, it's a <laughs> I would have held off and waited for the um, IMAX but um, if I'd known it was going to be re-released. But six months ago, I introduced my fiancé to Akira for the first time. And she's a big anime fan as well. Mm. And I was really nervous. Um, I was playing it cool, you know, when you're showing someone something you really like and you want them to like it as well, but you don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to do that in their face as they're trying to watch a movie. <laughs> so I'm just there, and but she was completely silent for 90 minutes, and I had no, I couldn't read her at all. I had no idea if she liked it. And then when <laughs> when Canada started shooting laser beams at Tetsuo, she just went, yes, like <laughs> as loudly <laughs> as possible. I was like, yep, yeah, got good. I might show yep. you Ghost in the Shell next. Yeah. <laughs> not, not sure oh. she's ready for Ninja Scroll. That's kind of the next one, isn't it? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, Ninja, well, Ninja Scroll's probably a little extra step in the extreme. 
Mm. Um, and then you go, that's that, what's that one... berserk. <laughs> oh, no. Office of the North Star. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when was the first time you watched Akira? Just out of um, curiosity. It was one about, I think it was the manga DVD release. Um, I was about 15, 16. And um, I, I recall, I think it's this title. I, I, I may I be, uh, to quote George W. Bush, misremembering. Um, I remember going to HMV and trying to buy it. And the chap at the counter went, no, you're, too, you're clearly too young. So I put it back. And when he wasn't looking, took it to the counter of another member of staff about five minutes later. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> just like it's like it's a cartoon it's for kids off you go <laughs> absolutely I, I remember watching it thinking this is incredible i have no idea what this is about but i know i like it uh what is it they i think i watched bits of it for the first time i can't remember the year it appeared on bbc2 for the first time it was kind of like a big sort of it was a big deal as well like they kind of make oh we're going to show this animation that's not for kids it's going to be on at like 10 p.m at night on bbc2 and you're going but then I also, but then I also remember it from the uh, Sci-Fi Channel days, the good days where every Saturday night was anime introduction, uh, not anime introduction. It was basically an anime film from from whenever. Usually, if it was Akira, you get a nice little intro from uh, Jonathan Clements, and off goes the <laughs> film. And 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 that was that was my that was my growing up for most of most of my teenage years. It's like every Saturday night, me and me and my brother watching anime left. Uh, just, it's like some titles were going, Oh yeah, this is cool. And other titles were going, what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> I, I, I remember the first time I managed to do, cause I haven't really had cable TV that often. Mm. Um, so I had to rely on D- buying DVDs, which is always a bit of a gamble. Cause I hadn't seen them. Thankfully, I've, most of the manga titles I bought were pretty, you know, spot on. Cause I did buy Akira and Ghost in the Shower at the same time. I remember the first time I actually got to watch the anime night on sci-fi. The film I watched, which put me off their broadcast, was called Riding Bean. Oh, Riding Bean's good. It's really? it's pulpy. It's a pulpy kind of thriller. It's um it's on the same universe as Gunsmith Cats. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not familiar with that title. It didn't. It I, I don't believe it. it had a very limited UK release on DVD. It was an OVA series, um, and basically some of the supporting characters from Riding Bean made up gunsmith cats um but yeah that's that's something for if you've imported on dvd or something like that so it's it's not I, it's I, not wildly no, it's not wildly known i guess in western audiences but it's like it's a cultish cultish title uh, i just remember not being particularly impressed i did i i, I don't it's not a film there was bubblegum crisis i think that's the only other one i watched as yes. well i did enjoy that i did enjoy that i think it's an ova isn't it well, there are two versions Sorry, got, should, we, should, we, should we explain what an ova is to our audiences who've never it's watched a, it's Original video animation. animation. That was atrocious. Keep this in. It's very funny. <laughs> but yes, let's wrap up our chat on Akira. So I think the basic the basic thing here is if you're a major fan of Akira or you haven't watched Akira and you're a little bit curious about it, this is the perfect time to go see it at the cinema. Especially and because it looks and sounds great even after nearly about nearly 30 years. Is it 30 oh, years? Yeah. I think it's more than 30 years. Uh, it's 88. Um, 88. So, yeah, um, 32 years, 31 years. There we go. It looks and sounds great after 30 years. Um, <laughs> like and- me and you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, um, so, if obviously, it's at the cinema at the moment, uh, at Slate Cinema. So, if you feel safe to go, go and see it, please do. It's highly recommended from both of us. Um, as someone who hasn't read the manga, like myself, I like the film. 
I'm content to watch it every so often. Um, usually, and it's usually when a new format's released, and this is no exception. So basically, their loving care has been put into doing this restoration. Um, so it, it, it's worth it's worth a cinema trip. Um, so in terms of star rating, I think we were chatting just before we went uh, went on record here. I think we're looking at five stars, aren't we? Uh, absolutely. This is yes. I think this is uh, one of the greatest movies, let alone greatest animated movies. This is one of the greatest movies ever made, one of the greatest science fictions ever made. Um, I I would just say if you're slightly squeamish, because um, this is quite violent, and it's not just it's not just the portrayal of violence. There are some very disturbing scenes with um, a lot of body transformations and things like this. I, I would say probably best not to go and see it. Uh, if you're if you're quite squeamish that kind of thing however it is an incredible movie and definitely worth watching even if you don't even if you don't take to it it's definitely one of the films you need to tick as saying i've watched that you know yeah so yeah i would say five stars easily absolutely yeah, yeah. and um and going back just to earlier we we're talking about the soundscape as well <laughs> the problem the thing about akira as well is because the the animation is so um inspiring or all inspiring it's easy to forget the the soundscape that's created is yeah. immense. The, the score, it's strange. I believe it was actually commissioned before the animation was created, which is very unusual. Um, okay. so they, 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 they created the score first, then animated. And it's it's all very strange, organic Japanese um, sort, of, um, sort of percussion and um, along with like apocalyptic um, uh, Bach-esque um organs and it's it's absolutely incredible it, it can be quite overpowering at times but it's, it's really interesting how that there isn't there is an organic um aspect to the film which itself it, is outwardly quite cold and technological and uh um cybernetically dystopian um so which you know brings brings it back down to the, the you know the human essence of the story it's it, it works on a multifaceted um it works in a multifaceted way and yeah i um like like i say five stars definitely go and watch it um if if you're not going to be freaked out by some of the more disturbing elements um yeah that's that's my yeah my last word on acura bit different to um my neighbor totoro yeah Quite, <laughs> just, just, yeah, just both very good, but just, just slightly. a smidge, just both a smidge. Five, both five star animes, very different. Well, there you have it, Akira. It is the ultimate big budget anime to see at a cinema. Anyway, that's all we have time for on this episode of Film Raw. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to watch the video version of the show, subscribe to the Bunkerzilla UK YouTube channel and turn on your notifications. So if you want to see these nice little chats in their visual form, then by all means, come tune in. Let's have some fun. Or if you like the audio version, like the podcast you're listening to now, simply subscribe on the platform you listen to your podcasts on. And as always, you can get in touch with the show at filmroar at bunkerzilla.co.uk. So until next time, stay safe and keep it cinematic.